0: Hey there, Josh. Hope you're gearing up for a pleasant day over in Savannah.
1: Looks like you've got a mix of broken clouds this morning with a high of 68 degrees, but it'll clear up by evening, perfect for a stroll after catching up on today's headlines.
0: And speaking of headlines, here's what's on the docket for today. First up, Ukraine's prime minister has announced that the country is set to receive a whopping $11.8 billion in economic support from the United States this year.
1: This aid is a lifeline as Ukraine navigates through a $37 billion budget gap while still defending its borders against Russian aggression. With additional support expected from the EU, Ukraine's resilience continues amidst ongoing challenges.
0: I'm Jonathan Martin.
1: And I'm Steve Onsker. You're listening to The Daily Brief from Pocket Pod News.
0: In campaign news, former President Donald Trump seems to be looking past Nikki Haley after securing victory in the South Carolina Republican primary, setting his sights on what could be a rematch with President Joe Biden come 2024.
1: But despite calls for Haley to bow out and Trump's focus on future plans, some donors are still throwing their weight behind her as an alternative option. It's shaping up to be quite the political saga.
0: Lastly, we turn our attention to Dearborn, Michigan, where the Listen to Michigan movement is gaining traction ahead of the primaries.
1: Spearheaded by Abbas Alawi and supported by diverse community leaders, they're urging voters to protest against the Biden administration's handling of the Israel-Hamas war by voting uncommitted. It's a powerful message they hope will resonate all the way to Washington.
0: It sure sounds like a day packed with critical developments from around the world and right here at home. Stay with us. We've got all these stories and more coming your way.
1: This message is brought to you by PocketPod. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to a fully personalized listening experience. With AI-crafted podcast made just for you. Head over to PocketPod.app to join the wait list.
0: As Ukraine continues its defense against a now two-year-old Russian invasion, the country is facing more than just military challenges.
1: Indeed, with a staggering $37 billion budget gap looming for 2024, the economic strain is palpable, but there's a glimmer of hope on the horizon with expected
0: financial aid from international allies. Ukraine is looking to the United States and the European Union for significant support. Prime Minister Denis Shmyhal recently announced an anticipated $11.8 billion from the U.S., alongside 18 billion euros from the EU. To dig deeper into what this means for Ukraine and its
1: ongoing struggle for stability, we'll be speaking with PocketPod News international political correspondent Alexandra Klein.
2: Absolutely, Steve. Ukraine's economic landscape is indeed facing a pivotal moment, as the country grapples with the repercussions of a now two-year-old Russian invasion, The anticipated $11.8 billion in economic support from the United States and 18 billion euros from the European Union underscore a significant international commitment to aiding Ukraine during this difficult time.
1: That's a substantial amount of support. Can you break down what this financial aid means for Ukraine in practical terms? Certainly.
2: Starting with the U.S. support, the $11.8 billion earmarked for Ukraine as part of a larger international effort to help the country manage its financial challenges amid ongoing conflict. This figure was announced by Ukrainian Prime Minister Denis Shmyhal on February twenty fifth, highlighting it as a critical injection to address immediate financial strains and support defense efforts against Russian aggression. On top of that, There's the European Union's commitment of 18 billion euros through its Ukraine facility, approved earlier this year. This funding is not just about numbers. It represents a lifeline for Ukraine's economy, offering vital resources that can be allocated towards rebuilding and stabilizing sectors hardest hit by the war. And
1: talking about challenges, you mentioned a $37 billion budget gap for 2024. How critical is this situation?
2: It's extremely critical, Steve. The $37 billion budget gap illustrates just how severe the economic impact of this prolonged conflict has been on Ukraine's finances. It indicates not only immediate fiscal challenges, but also highlights potential long-term repercussions on economic stability and growth prospects if these gaps aren't adequately addressed.
1: Prime Minister Denis Shmihal expressed optimism about receiving this aid during a televised conference in Kiev. What does his statement signify in broader terms?
2: Prime Minister Schmeihal's optimism reflects both hope and reliance on continued international support to navigate through these tumultuous times. His comments aren't just about expressing gratitude. They signify an understanding that Ukraine's resilience and eventual recovery are closely tied to global cooperation and assistance. His statements also shed light on the broader implications of such support. It's not only about bridging financial gaps, but also about reinforcing Ukraine's position on an international stage as it defends itself against aggression, while striving towards economic stability and growth.
1: With all these efforts and financial backing, what could we expect for Ukraine going forward?
2: Looking ahead, Steve, these substantial commitments from both the United States and European Union offer tangible signs of international solidarity with Ukraine. While challenges remain monumental, especially with an uncertain end to the conflict, such support provides crucial breathing space for Ukraine's economy. It allows for strategic planning towards reconstruction efforts and bolstering defenses while ensuring that essential services and governmental functions continue uninterrupted amidst adversity. In essence, while immediate hurdles are daunting, there's cautious optimism that with sustained international backing like this, Ukraine can navigate through current turbulences towards eventual recovery and stabilization.
1: A complex situation indeed, but one filled with glimpses of hope thanks to international cooperation. That was PocketPod News International political correspondent Alexandra Klein. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thanks for having me, Steve. It was important discussing these critical developments concerning Ukraine's ongoing struggle and resilience amidst adversity.
0: Donald Trump secures another victory, this time in the South Carolina Republican primary, pushing his campaign further ahead. Right. And with this
1: win on February 24th, 2024, it seems Trump's path to the Republican presidential nomination is becoming more and more inevitable. But despite this setback, Nikki Haley is not backing down.
0: Indeed. While Trump's campaign now shifts focus towards the general election against Joe Biden, ignoring Haley in the process... Concerns are bubbling up about his appeal to independent and moderate voters.
1: And on Haley's side, despite losing support from key conservative groups and facing a tough road ahead, she's vowing to press on. She emphasizes the importance of providing voters with a real choice.
0: To dive deeper into what these developments mean for both campaigns and the upcoming general election against President Joe Biden, we're joined by PocketPod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory. Jessica? Thanks,
3: Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Donald Trump's victory in the South Carolina Republican primary indeed marks a significant moment in the GOP race for the presidential nomination. Winning this primary with a considerable lead over Nikki Haley positions him strongly as the frontrunner. This isn't just another win. It's Trump's fifth consecutive victory across various regions of the United States, showcasing his widespread support within the party. The primary held on February 24th, 2024, has set a clear path for Trump towards claiming the Republican nomination.
0: With Trump now focusing on the general election against Joe Biden, what does this mean for Nikki Haley's campaign?
3: Following his success in South Carolina, Trump's campaign has decided to shift its strategy significantly. Instead of continuing intense attacks against Haley, they plan to ignore her campaign altogether. This move is aimed at solidifying Trump's position as the inevitable nominee and focusing resources on what they anticipate will be a challenging rematch with President Biden. For Haley, this means she'll no longer be facing direct opposition from Trump's campaign, but will instead need to find new ways to assert her relevance in the race. Interesting. And
0: how do independent voter preferences play into this scenario?
3: Exit polls from South Carolina revealed a noteworthy trend. Six out of 10 self-described independent voters preferred Nikki Haley over Donald Trump. This preference among independents and moderates signals potential challenges for Trump in the general election against Biden. It underscores concerns within the Republican Party about his ability to appeal beyond his base to those crucial swing voters who often decide elections.
0: Despite these challenges and her loss in South Carolina, Haley vows to continue her campaign. What's her strategy moving
3: forward? Nikki Haley remains undeterred by her defeat and is emphasizing the importance of offering voters a choice, signaling her commitment to continue providing an alternative to what she calls a Soviet style election. She's planning an aggressive schedule leading up to Super Tuesday and continues gaining financial support despite setbacks. Her determination reflects not just a fight for the nomination, but also a broader ideological battle within the GOP about its future direction.
0: Speaking of challenges, could you elaborate on what lies ahead for Haley?
3: Certainly. After losing support from AFP Action, an influential conservative group, and facing a significant defeat in South Carolina— Haley confronts steep obstacles ahead. The withdrawal of AFP action support particularly underscores skepticism within parts of the conservative ecosystem about her path to victory. Yet despite these hurdles, she remains resolute in pressing forward with her campaign efforts. And what about
0: Donald Trump? Are there concerns regarding legal issues impacting his candidacy?
3: Yes, there are ongoing concerns about how Donald Trump's legal challenges might affect his candidacy as we move closer to November's election. While he enjoys strong support within his party following these primary victories, some donors and party insiders view Nikki Haley as a potential backup candidate should legal issues significantly derail Trump's campaign before he faces off against Joe Biden. So it seems
0: both campaigns have their work cut out for them as we head towards November.
3: Absolutely, Jonathan. Donald Trump's victory solidifies his frontrunner status, but also highlights potential vulnerabilities among crucial voter demographics and legal uncertainties that could impact his candidacy. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley's determination to continue her campaign emphasizes an ongoing debate within the GOP regarding its identity and future direction, making this an election cycle full of strategic maneuvering and ideological contention.
0: That was Pocket Pod News political correspondent Jessica Mallory. Thanks for joining us today.
3: Thank you for having me, Jonathan.
0: In Michigan, a significant political movement is brewing within one of the largest Arab American communities in the U.S. That's right.
1: Dearborn has become a focal point of political engagement due to the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. And it seems President Biden's handling of the situation has not gone
0: unnoticed. The Listen to Michigan movement, led by Democratic strategist Abbas Alawiya, is urging voters to select uncommitted in the upcoming primary as a form of protest. It's an unprecedented move that could have far-reaching implications for Biden's re-election bid.
1: To get a deeper understanding of this movement and its impact, we'll be talking with Pocket Pod News national political correspondent Ron Stevens. Ron, what can you tell us about the sentiment in Dearborn and how this might affect the political landscape?
4: Well, Steve, the sentiment in Dearborn, Michigan is one of deep frustration and political awakening, particularly among the Arab-American community. This shift largely results from the ongoing conflict between Israel and Hamas. Dearborn, as you know, is home to one of the largest Arab-American populations in the U.S., and the severe casualties and humanitarian crisis resulting from this conflict have not only captured their attention, but have also spurred many previously politically indifferent individuals into action.
1: That's quite significant. Could you expand on how this engagement is manifesting through the Listen to Michigan movement?
4: Absolutely. The Listen to Michigan movement, spearheaded by Democratic strategist Abbas Alawye, is essentially an anti-war campaign that's encouraging voters to select uncommitted in the upcoming primary as a form of protest against President Biden's handling of the situation in Gaza. This movement reflects a broader dissatisfaction not just within Arab American communities, but also among other groups disillusioned by what they see as failing U.S. foreign policy regarding Israel and Palestine. They're targeting at least 10,000 uncommitted votes to send a clear message.
1: And what about the political implications for President Biden? How significant is this movement?
4: It's quite significant, Steve. Remember that Michigan is a key swing state. Any major shift in voter sentiment here can have national implications. Despite receiving strong support from figures like Alawiye and other Democrats back in 2020, there's now noticeable pushback due to perceived inadequate action on Gaza by his administration. This disillusionment could pose substantial risks for Biden's re-election campaign if not addressed appropriately.
1: I see. And it sounds like local leaders are also voicing their concerns.
4: That's right. Figures such as former U.S. Rep. Andy Levin and Dearborn Mayor Abdullah Hamid have both expressed personal concerns over Biden's policies on Gaza and are strategizing politically around these issues. There's a palpable desire among local officials and their constituents for a permanent ceasefire and a reassessment of U.S. aid to Israel, reflecting broader concerns over America's role in perpetuating violence through its foreign policy choices.
1: Moving on to voter sentiment, how are people reacting to this uncommitted strategy?
4: Voters like Anam Khan and Huma Shahzad view voting uncommitted not just as a moral stance on Palestine, but also as an expression of their dissatisfaction with current U.S. foreign policy more broadly. This indicates underlying issues that go beyond simple domestic policy considerations for many voters, a sign of deep-seated disenchantment that transcends party lines or specific administrations. It
1: sounds like there's a lot at stake here, Ron.
4: Indeed, Steve. What we're seeing in Dearborn reflects broader themes of diaspora politics and voter disenchantment that could influence key electoral demographics ahead of significant elections. It underscores how international conflicts can profoundly impact political engagement within immigrant communities here in the United States.
1: Fascinating insights today. Ron Stevens, thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you for having me, Steve.
0: And that's The Daily Brief. For Monday, February 26, 2024, I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Josh. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.